0: HVAC 360, episode number 23. HVAC at the University.
1: Hey,
0: welcome back, everybody, to another episode of HVAC 360. I'm your host, Matt Nelson. This week, I'm going to be talking with a professor of architectural engineering at uh, Penn State University. Um, His name is Bill Bonfleth, and he is an ASHRAE fellow, among other things, uh, professional engineer. Uh, But he's a professor professor at uh, Penn State and also a director of the Indoor Environment Center. So uh, really, I think this one, what I want to talk about in this episode is some of the different degrees you can get if you're interested in being an engineer uh and you're looking for schools and you may not necessarily know okay do i go in this direction do i become a mechanical engineer um there's what's called a mechanical engineering technology which is it's kind of more of a hands-on uh more hands-on engineer uh and uh, Or there's an architectural engineering, and, and Bill is actually kind of a, a specialist in that uh, area of focus. So that's why I wanted to talk to him. He kind of gets the, the whole uh, breadth of the, uh, the HVAC degrees, so to speak. Uh, but uh, that's pretty much all I have to say, and I hope you inter- enjoy, enjoy the interview with Bill. So let's go to the tape. <laughs> All right. Welcome, everybody. Uh, today, we're going to be talking to um, Professor Bill uh, Bonfleth, and uh, he is the uh, professor of architectural uh, engineering at uh, Penn State, and he is also the director of the Indoor Environmental Center. Uh, welcome, Bill. How are you doing? Um, very well. Glad to be here. All right. So, uh, Bill, tell me a little bit about your
1: background. Uh- Educationally, I'm a mechanical engineer, have a bachelor's, master's, and PhD from University of uh, Illinois. And um, professionally, I've worked as a researcher for a U.S. Army Corps of Engineers laboratory that's uh, in Champaign, Illinois, near the U of I, and uh, have also worked a number of years as a consulting engineer in uh, Cincinnati, Ohio, a firm called uh, ZBA. And uh, came from there to Penn State in uh, 1994 and have been here ever since on the architectural engineering faculty. Uh, I've got a, a PE, and uh, uh, I spend a lot of my spare time doing uh, ASHRAE activities. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I noticed
0: that you are a, uh, a, a ASHRAE fellow, so that's, uh, that's, that's pretty exciting. Now, Yeah, and- that's a great distinction. Now, what? Uh, at what point did you uh, kind of, I mean, you know, getting into engineering, what, what point did you want to get into uh, uh, engineering yourself?
1: Well, the, the decision to go into engineering, of course, was one that I made in, in high school. Um, I, I can't say I was positive at that time that it was the right one because I had uh, lots of interests and, and options, but I, I grew up uh, with a father who was a, an engineer in, in this business and so i had him as a an example a role model and i decided engineering looked like it would be uh, a good direction to try and uh, uh so that's what i did it took me a long time however to uh, to come around to uh, HVAC and to uh, to uh, architectural engineering i really didn't go that way educationally until i was in graduate school
0: now, I, I guess, how does, yeah, going from the consulting world um, into a, um, you know, I guess a professorship, I guess, what what kind of made you want to make that transition?
1: Well, I suppose anyone who gets a PhD has thought at some time about uh, wanting to, to teach and to do research, and uh, I was actually happy as a consulting engineer, but I, I got a call from a colleague here, Stan Muma, who was also a University of Illinois graduate about a position that was open, and uh, architectural engineering sounded like the kind of academic job I might like, and so I, uh, I gave it a shot and uh, switched careers at age 37, and it's, it's been probably the best decision I ever made.
0: So now, I guess, getting into kind of the, the holistic, the, the whole... Um, kind of topic that we want to talk about, you know, being, you know, HVAC at a university. What do you think, you know, at that young age in the high school, what do you think makes, you know, a good engineer? What, you know, is is somebody going to be, you know, pre-inclined to be an engineer, or is it something that they can just decide to do and and, and go after it if they're really passionate about it?
1: Well, I, I... Think that there are lots of uh, students at high school age who have the ability to go into engineering or a technical career. I think the big issue is how well are we uh, preparing students in uh, in high school to to go on to a university education in engineering. You have to start building the foundation of of uh, uh, analytical skills, mathematics, and, and science at a pretty early point in order to, uh, to be in a position to go into an engineering curriculum.
0: Now, are there any attributes that, that people kind of miss? I mean, you know, if you, you, you hit on the, the basics, if, you know, if you're going to talk to an engineering student or somebody who, who wants to be an engineer or who thinks he wants to be an engineer, you're going to highlight the fact that, hey, you know, it, you, you know, you should be good in math or you should have an interest at least in math and uh, science as well. What what sort of things that that uh, people often miss you think contribute to to making a good engineer?
1: Uh, I I think the uh, uh, thing that's that's probably uh, overlooked sometimes is the importance of of communication skills, both uh, written and and verbal, and of uh, interpersonal skills. You know the joke about. Uh, an extroverted engineer being someone who looks at your shoes when he talks to you, um, I think that uh, you find out when you go into practice that uh, at least 50% of it is communicating effectively in, in both uh, writing and in, in person-to-person sort of situations.
0: So when you, when, you're, when you have that interest and you're looking for a good school, what are, what are some of the things that you should look for when you're looking to, uh, to you know, find a good engineering school?
1: Uh, Certainly, you uh, want to make sure that it's an accredited school. That uh, kind of goes without saying. Um, You know certain schools by reputation that they they place their graduates into good positions, so it's kind of outcomes-based. If you know that uh, a school has a a record of of, uh, success in, in careers, that's something you would look for. And I think you just generally want to look for an environment that's going to give you a a strong uh, foundation on which you can build. It would be nice if you knew exactly what your career was going to be, but most students who go into uh, engineering probably don't really know exactly what career they want, and you have to be in an environment where you can can figure that out over the course of, of four or five years.
0: Now, obviously, you've, 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 you've struck on the idea of the, uh, the ABED-accredited school, um, you know, that obviously that it meets certain criteria for uh, um, being accredited uh, engineering program. What, I guess, are there schools out there that are not accredited, and, and what, I guess, what's the, what's the primary difference um,
1: that, that they've gone through? well i I, I couldn't uh, off the top of my head name uh, schools that aren't accredited, but accreditation is important because it uh, is an independent verification that your program is is uh, adhering to to some generally accepted principles of of what should be taught in the curriculum, who should teach it and uh, and how the program's quality should be monitored so uh, uh, it, it's important and i I don't think you can uh, be very successful as uh, an academic institution without accreditation. Okay, fair enough.
0: Now, and I, and I think that it, I, I just pause because we do have some international listeners. Obviously, this is a kind of a U.S.-based uh, discussion, but I think there's some valid points here, um, you know, all, all across the board that you need to kind of adapt to uh, your specific um, Uh, Your specific environment. So, again, you know, whether there's a a governmental accreditation of a certain university that you want to attend, um, you know, to make that uh, career path possible, you want to make sure that you check that out and do your proper, uh, you know, fact checking before committing to that university. That's that's certainly
1: true, and well, you know, though that there there is international accreditation through ABET or substantial equivalency. So, I think there's a movement on to to establish more uniform uh, accreditation standards worldwide.
0: Now, uh, on the topic, you know, obviously, people when they, you know, when students look are looking for schools, you know, they're looking for, okay, does it have the right kind of programs that I want? Um, really, is it going to provide the kind of, um, you know, social environment or, or specific things that, you know, I mean, kids of that age are, are really going to look for? Um, it has to be kind of a, a – th- is there the right fit, so to speak? Um, now, another thing, obviously, financially, um, scholarships. What What can people – what can students kind of look at as far as scholarships go? Uh, when they're looking for uh, engineering schools are there other scholarships specifically geared for engineering schools
1: uh, well there's financial aid in various forms available to, to almost anyone who applies uh, a lot of them are, are based on need, so you have to submit some uh, summary of the the family's financial position their ability to pay and and that can result in, in either outright grants or in, in many cases, um, uh, low interest or deferred uh, loans. That's, that's the major way. There, there are some specific scholarships that support uh, particular curricula. For example, ASHRAE offers a lot of, of scholarships to uh, the students who are in HVAC and our programs. but. Uh, really the cost of education has become uh, a serious issue and and uh, i think a lot of people have to look at the cost benefit of university education when it, it gets to be uh... uh thirty or forty thousand dollars a year even for a public school
0: now i mean do you do you see that being a problem going forward i mean is this a, a major hurdle of you know the 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 amount of engineer you know we're you know we've always in the u-s there's been a a, a great push or at least a perceived need that we need to, you know, produce more qualified engineers. Um, do you think that's going to be a, a problem going forward with the escalating costs of education?
1: Uh, I don't think that cost is a factor for uh, producing more engineers any more than it is for any other curriculum because at least there's a, a demand for, for graduates and, and good pay. To get into engineering, I think the problem of, of engineering supply is more related to what happens uh, down in the in the high school and uh, and earlier years, and what we're doing with STEM education. I think there's a perception that we really are not uh, preparing students at that level properly to to go into technical careers, and uh, that we aren't getting them interested. So a lot of organizations like ASHRAE are are Putting a lot of uh, effort into uh, into reaching that particular audience and not just focusing on, on college students anymore
0: mm-hmm. oh absolutely um, one note that I'll, I'll I'll say on scholarships I'll just throw this in there um, obviously if you're looking for scholarships that are not uh, you know uh, university centered um, I would uh, consider obviously uh, other Uh, industries or uh, associations, I'll say, organizations that are affiliated with uh, the type of engineer that you want to be, whether it be the the, uh, ASHRAE, like you had mentioned, or, uh, you know, there's ASPE out there, the American Society of Professional Engineers. Um, I'm sure that they probably have some scholarships. Even there might be even a distinction. Um, I know ASHRAE offers them nationally, uh, on a society level, but obviously there's there's a need locally uh, that that yeah uh, you know, we want to be able to support on a, a local level. Asher, I know the the local chapter here in uh, Cleveland um, does support uh, uh, engineering students that that want to go into the HVAC field. Also, uh, if you're I know that uh, like uh, even for example, um, NAWIC, the National Association of Women in Construction, um, they will support. Um, you know, uh, students going into the engineering curriculum. So just, I guess, dig a little bit into the, some of the associations. And if you have to ask somebody in the industry if they have any ideas, um, you know, you can do that too. So those are some of the avenues that you can you can pursue.
1: Yeah, um, there, there really are a lot of scholarships out there, but it, it takes a little effort to, to dig them up.
0: Absolutely. Um, so now as far as, you know, Um, what are some of the things that going into uh, an engineering program, what what kind of courses can you expect to take
1: uh, going into school? Uh, Well, uh, because of the general education requirements in uh, accredited curricula, most engineering students take a pretty similar program for the first year or two if they're in a a four-year baccalaureate program. So... uh, Technically, that would be a number of mathematics courses, some chemistry, some physics, um, uh, some general education on the liberal arts side, uh, courses in, in English and in uh, speech communications and that sort of thing. So that's all sort of the, uh, uh, the, the common core of, of any engineering curriculum, and then you build on that, depending on, on what the major is.
0: Okay. So now you've found your engineering program, you've gone to school, you've taken some preliminary courses. Now obviously, there's a decision to be made as far as what kind of avenue uh, that you want to go down. Uh, you can go down a, a and I, I just kind of want to talk about three different ones here. Um, and there is the, you know, the, the, the very basic mechanical engineering uh, degree, uh, which is kind of, you know is very often found uh, out there. Um, there is a degree that you know. Frankly, until um, what was it like two years ago, I didn't even know existed the mechanical engineering technology degree. And obviously, there is a rare degree that actually your um, you know is is part of your program, which is the architectural engineering degree. Um, can you give me a, a quick overview of? You know, there's a there's a lot of choices there. What you know, how do you know which to pick?
1: Well, mechanical engineering, for for someone who who wants, let's say, a career as a professional, is is the standard degree. It, it emphasizes uh, fundamentals, uh, basic engineering sciences, and and basic engineering procedures, but doesn't uh, really slant graduates terribly strongly in, in one direction or another in terms of profession. Uh, you can go through a mechanical engineering curriculum and, and you'll take a lot of, of uh, thermal science courses, fluid mechanics, thermodynamics, heat transfer. There, there might be uh, one or two HVAC courses that you could take as an undergraduate, but that's it. So you come out of that kind of curriculum with a, with a very strong uh, background on which you can build all sorts of careers, but not a lot of professional training. So that, that's what it does. The uh, the tech, uh, technology degrees are focused more on people who want to perhaps go into into careers like uh, like being uh, installers, technicians, uh, do do maintenance. Although you can become a designer through those sorts of programs too. A lot of Technology degrees are uh, two-year associate's degrees, but some of them, uh, Ferris State, Penn College, and a lot of others uh, can be four-year degrees. You add on another uh, another couple of years and get a a bachelor's degree. So they tend to be more uh, focused on hands-on sorts of things and have more of that practical component. Uh, Architectural engineering is a professional type of program. So you have... Uh, a core that is the same core that other engineering disciplines take but you have a lot more specific education related to the to the building industry uh, and for that reason it's often a, a longer curriculum there's a lot of diversity in architectural engineering programs some of them are four years some of them are five years and they don't all offer exactly the, the same options. Ten uh, State's a five year program And you can specialize in any of four different areas here, uh, mechanical systems, lighting and electrical systems, structures, and and construction management. So in our curriculum, everybody does the same thing up to the third year, and then they pick one of those four and concentrate on it for the last two years. So they come out with uh, a great deal more uh, preparation to work in the building industry.
0: Now, uh, so, and just... You know, because when I think of architectural engineering, obviously, you put architecture right up front, it really doesn't necessarily have anything. You, you, do you have architects taking the uh, architectural engineering core courses?
1: Uh, we offer some courses to architecture students, and they, uh, the architecture faculty teaches some of ours. It's, a, it's an interesting and uh, maybe a little known fact that the architecture department at Penn State, was spun off of the architectural engineering department, which is maybe not the the normal thing. So we have a separate Department of Architecture and a Department of Landscape Architecture that are in the College of Arts and Architecture, and architectural engineering is in the College of of Engineering. So we we have a lot of uh, uh, cross-pollination, I guess you'd say, but uh, architecture students are in that program and engineering students are in ours.
0: So now it, it, how many you know when we're talking about you know there's a number of universities across across you know the United States architectural engineering uh how easy is it to find a architectural engineering program i mean obviously i, I think that um yours is is a, a rather old one um if not i don't know if if not the oldest i don't know how uh, how common it is do you, do you have any idea
1: uh There are around 20 accredited programs now, and they've been around for uh, uh, over 100 years in in the case of of Penn State, and others have have just been started up within the last year or two, like uh, um, uh, in in Missouri Uh, there's a brand-new program, and Illinois Institute of Technology started one recently. Uh, the, The accreditation of architectural engineering programs has... Uh, American Society of Civil Engineers as the lead organization, and uh, AE is mainly uh, associated with civil engineering, at least at this point. So within ASCE, there's an architectural engineering institute, AEI, and uh, they maintain lists of of programs. So if you go to the ASCE website and and look them up, you can find information on, on the programs that are available in the U.S., there, there aren't that many of them, and they're they're scattered around.
0: Okay, great. And I will put the uh, just so people don't have to remember all that. I will put a link in the show notes. If you go to uh, buildingx.co, Co, uh, I will put that in the show notes for this episode. So, um, so I guess do uh, you know I, there? There is when you make a decision. Whether or not it's mechanical engineering, architectural engineering, um, uh, engineering technology. Is there, is there a tendency to switch like, you know what, They go into mechanical engineering and they say, hey, "You know what, I, I really like that architectural engineering. Is there, is there switching that goes on, a lot of switching that goes on, or is it pretty much, you know, people tend to stick with a program once they've committed
1: to it?" It uh, depends on which way you're, you're talking about going. Um, architectural engineering at, at Penn State uh, takes students in at the end of the first year where other majors like mechanical engineering don't actually have formal admission to the major until the end of the second year. And we have a very uh, uh, tightly structured uh, curriculum, and we also have an enrollment limit that we hit pretty much every year. So generally speaking, we don't take anybody in who didn't come into the program through the the front door, through the uh, the regular first year or second year entrance to major. We don't have people coming over in the the third or fourth year. Uh, If you were in mechanical engineering, uh, yes, you could switch to different majors pretty easily at a variety of of points in your curriculum. I suppose the same is true of technology, but uh, uh, students who go into architectural engineering here uh, knew they wanted to do it at least by the end of their their first year in, in college. So they have to have had some previous exposure that uh, made them think that the building industry was where they wanted to be. And we tend to keep them, too. We have a very high retention rate. We, we graduate pretty much everyone who we admit. Excellent.
0: Now, I guess... Um... What what's You talked a little bit about, um, um, I guess, what do you see as the, the primary benefit um, to getting an architectural engineering degree?
1: Well, uh, I think the, probably the, the best thing about it is that all of our students come out understanding not just their specialty, but also uh, the other engineered systems of the building and architecture. Uh, I would say if we just wanted to compare uh, mechanical skills of a, a mechanical option graduate from architectural engineering and someone who got a mechanical engineering degree, over time I think that uh, any differences at the outset would would go away, but uh, I don't know that a mechanical engineering student can ever pick up the uh, the broad knowledge of the whole Construction process that an architectural engineering student has to uh, be a mechanical student and have taken nearly as many structural courses as a structural engineer, to have had courses in project management and acoustics and in, in lighting. I, I think it's that uh, broad background that is uh, is really valuable, and it's why architectural engineering students tend to always get jobs coming out of school, regardless of the job market, because they're uh, sort of ready to go uh, as entry-level employees, and that's perceived by employers to be a big advantage.
0: Right. So you, it's it's almost like a uh, apprenticeship almost if you you kind of think of it in a, in a in a sort of way that they've already had <clears throat> you know they've already been geared towards that certain profession so they really have have a lot of the skills that that, that profession would be looking for.
1: They're, they're familiar with the kinds of calculation. Techniques that are actually used in the industry. They've studied uh, codes and standards in their classes, and they've probably had some some uh, summer job experiences directly in industry. So uh, yeah, they're they're uh, quite well prepared to start working.
0: Now, there's been a lot of changes in the HVAC industry as of late, as as you know, pretty much the you know the whole. I, I wouldn't say just HVAC, but um, what what sort of changes as far as coursework um, do you see uh, that are that are going on in the architectural engineering program? What sort of new courses are coming on
1: on board? I think the uh, probably the strongest trend that we're seeing now is uh, a lot more emphasis on uh, integrated design and and how we we do that. So uh, where we've had a capstone project here at Penn State for uh, many years that was an individual project. In, in the last few years, we have uh, been taking some of the students and have them do uh, what we call a BIM uh, project, where they, they work in teams, uh, students from the different options on, on the same building uh, in their, their project. So um, I think that's that's maybe the biggest thing, is, is uh, trying to work uh, BIM and, and those tools into the curriculum and to promote working in, in teams in, in collaborative integrated design.
0: Now is that the capstone uh, project that you're referring to, that's similar to like a, a senior design project?
1: Um, yes, it's uh, it's a year-long project in, in our curriculum. Others may only have one semester and others do it as a team thing. Uh, what our students do is uh, during the summer before their final year, they uh, get design documents for a building that's either uh, recently constructed or uh, in construction. So they get the, the drawings and the specs from the, uh, the designer or owner. And in the fall semester, they do a lot of uh, analysis on, on the building. So if you're in the, the mechanical option, you would do a, a standard 62.1 ventilation analysis for the building, and you would do your own load and energy calculations and, and do a, uh, an evaluation report on all of the building's mechanical systems. And then the first semester ends with development of a proposal for a redesign project. And the redesign includes a, a mechanical depth component uh, that emphasizes their their option, and also uh, some breadth components where they'll work on other systems and hopefully integrate that with their their depth project, and in the spring, they carry that out and uh, prepare a report and a presentation, and every student presents to a faculty jury about three weeks before the end of the semester, and from that group, uh, a small group of, of students who have the best projects get picked to present to an external jury, and then there's some awards at the end of the semester. So it's a very uh, big deal for, uh, for the students that keeps them busy all year and uh, is something that they all look back on as, as maybe one of the, the high points of their education here.
0: Excellent, excellent. Now as far as you know a lot of, a lot of engineering programs will have a, uh, a component or at least it'll be part of the school that they'll have a, a, a cooperative education, a, a program there A co-op program where they can go out and, you know, work for, you know, maybe a semester in a summer or maybe it's just a summer, but there's a co-op program that's integrated into the curriculum that students can opt into as a way to kind of, you know, gain some real-world work experience um, prior to graduating. Now, is that something that's that's, um, something that uh, is integrated into the architectural engineering program as well or...
1: Uh, we don't have a formal co-op program that, that we encourage our students to go into. There's a college co-op program that we've had a few uh, uh, participate in over the years. But the, the issue of a co-op program is it adds uh, a year to the length of your degree, and ours is already five years long. So if you go back to the issue of costs, if you're going to have to pay for six years of school, that really is a big uh, financial burden. But... Our students are generally able to get summer jobs after their second year. So after second, third, fourth year, they can get a summer job with a company in the industry, and that provides a lot of experience. And uh, in fact, a lot of those students wind up working for their summer employers, and some of them do part-time work when they're at school because it's now possible to do essentially telecommuting. So uh, we don't have a a co-op program really because we don't need one. Uh, our department has its own career fair uh, every year. We have that usually in the fall and we we typically get 120, 130 companies in to interview our students. Uh, that's significant because we only graduate about a hundred a year so. Those companies that are here are not all going to get students and in, in HVAC we only have about 20 graduates. So what they're looking for is not just permanent employees but they're here Making summer hires because they can use those students and because it's a way of pre-recruiting them for permanent jobs. So that's that's how we handle it. There are other schools that, that actually have a uh, required work segment built in.
0: Now, as far as it, you know, if you're thinking about a four-year mechanical engineering degree, um, a, a co-op would be, um, you know, a, a good program to get into if you can if you can swing it.
1: Yes, absolutely. That, that's something that's lacking in a, a traditional four-year curic- curriculum is the opportunity to get that uh, that practical experience.
0: So now, once you once you've graduated around the time you graduated, you have the opportunity to typically, as an engineer, to take you know in the U.S. again to take the engineering in engineering training exam. What's yes. what's what's your opinion of the uh, the EIT as they call it?
1: Um, well, I, I think it's it's good to do that and to promote licensure. It's it's been an awful long time since uh, since I took it, but uh, we encourage our students here to to do that and to be in a position to complete their registration if if they go in a direction in their career where that's going to be helpful.
0: Now. I guess, uh, let's see, um, you know, I'm, I've always taken an opinion that, you know, I've run into so many engineers who, who, who didn't take it that are just mm-hmm. kicking themselves afterwards, because it is one of those things that, you know, while you're in school, you're in that study mode, um, you don't really have, you know, distractions or obligations that really hold yeah. you down, um, and a lot of what the first exam, because it's a two-part exam, the second part comes four years after you've had some experience, but the first part Really is something that, <clears throat> excuse me, has a more technical, uh, like course focus. You know, there's a lot more number crunching, and and it has a lot to do more with theory than it does um, with practical application, which is more kind of the where the second one is geared at. So I
1: was well, yes, the- it, and it's, it's much broader. I think that's the thing: is that when you're out practicing for a few years, you're going to focus on a subset of those things that you learned in in your university education so it becomes very hard to pull that stuff up again to take the exam if you wait
0: now getting out into the job market obviously you know what what do typical engineers obviously you know the, the students that you teach really don't have you know too much of a problem finding a finding a job maybe not necessarily finding the right job but finding a job they can do that pretty easily what did Typically, what what engineers uh, what are some of the things that they um, you know should focus on um, or expect uh, really when they get out in the job market? Are there any sort of uh, preconceived notions that uh, you know they're going to get a job that that pays six figures or or anything like that?
1: Well, I, I don't. I think our students probably have a, a pretty good idea of what kind of pay they're going to get, which is you know pretty good for. For for a starting salary, I, I think the big question is, what are they going to ask me to do, and am I able to to do it? And I think the tendency is to take uh, entry level engineers and put them on uh, things like like doing calculations because they they tend to have uh, better computer skills than uh, than the older engineers in, in a lot of companies. So you wind up turning the crank on the uh, uh, on the, the load calculations and and the energy um uh, so that's that is something that you might expect I, I think in terms of what to look for if i'm talking with our our students about what should they be looking for an employer i'd i'd be uh, suggesting they look for someone who's not going to pigeonhole them and and uh, just have them doing the same thing over and over but has a a program for developing new employees to move them around to experience different parts of the business and in in our business especially to get them out in the field and to to see systems being constructed and to to do field work on on, uh, buildings that are being renovated and that sort of thing Uh, you want to get a broad experience because the the chances are your first job is only going to last for a few years that the typical uh, worker these days has has, uh, quite a few jobs over the course of a career so maybe that's another principle is don't expect your first job to be perfect don't be uh, so particular about it because it, it's likely not to be your last
0: now in the job market um obviously you know once you've graduated from college i think especially with hvac um, there's a critical component um with continuing education i guess uh, what would your recommendations be out in the job market for you know updating your skills or keeping your skills or uh, you know any tips there how how best to do that
1: well, there, there's certainly lots of, uh, of uh, continuing education opportunities available today. You can get some credit for going to meetings that are they're put on by professional societies. So some ASHRAE chapter presentations, for example, would have, have PDHs with them. Uh, organizations like ASHRAE produce a lot of uh, courses they could take online at home that would be uh, a way that uh, you could update your skills without having to travel. And, of course, there's some of the traditional uh, options, uh, places like the University of Wisconsin, that that teaches a lot of of, uh, instructor-led courses on-site and remotely. So there are lots of opportunities out there, but it it, uh, is an investment of, of time and money to do it. Okay.
0: Um so if uh anybody i guess that that pretty much covers all the all the things any any sort of additional things that that you wanted to add anything that you think that we missed
1: I I think we've uh, covered it pretty well um you know i i maybe the closing comment is that i'm i'm concerned that uh relative to our profession there aren't that many places where you can go for a really solid Uh, introduction to HVAC. Uh, Being a mechanical engineer myself, um, I I think I was prepared well on fundamentals, but I really learned very little about the construction industry and about HVAC from the curriculum that I I, uh, had, and and I I hope that over time we can perhaps improve the uh, availability of HVAC education in mechanical engineering curricula. Okay. Okay. So
0: if somebody wanted to get a hold of you, what's the best way to, uh, to do that?
1: Uh, email works great for me, at psu.edu. Okay. And I will post that uh, information as well.
0: On the show notes, well, I appreciate all your time, Bill. And uh, I, uh, I wish you good luck in, uh, in your teaching and to, uh, to all your students. So I appreciate well, you being on the show.
1: I have a pleasure talking with you
0: and we're back all right uh, a really great and sincere thank you to uh bill bonfleth who's uh um a professor at uh, penn state and uh for giving his time uh, to uh, talk with us and kind of give us some great information as far as engineering uh what people should look for and uh really kind of uh um you know just different different uh degrees that you could possibly get um i really like that architectural engineering degree um you know at, as most of you who had, have have heard some of the past episodes you know when i went into engineering my uh i guess my uh um you know part of the part of the reason is i you know i used to watch this old house on uh on uh you know every week and i thought it was great just you know, you couldn't get enough, you know, of the construction industry, but I didn't necessarily know. I, okay, I said, okay, well, I'm good in math. I should be an engineer because that's kind of like what they do. But I didn't necessarily know that this field was out here. So, you know, really, I wanted to be able to highlight the fact that there is an architectural engineering degree that's specifically geared towards this profession. And as Bill pointed out, I mean, they really do prepare students well for, uh, you know, for this profession. Uh, which is which is very rare, you know. And and again, I kind of do this at HVAC 360 just to supplement, you know, uh, people going to college. Uh, some people don't necessarily have the opportunity of having an architectural engineering degree in their backyard. So I'm kind of the supplement to that. That's what I. That's that's at least that's my feeling or my hope, I should say. All right. Well, I appreciate everyone uh, listening. Um, uh, it's, uh, very exciting to be able to do this week after week. I really appreciate all the, the people who listen, uh, each and, every, each and every one of you are very special to me. Um, so thank you. Thank you. Um, if you want to, uh, I, uh, if you want to share this, if this has been valuable to you, uh, if you know somebody, uh, who is looking to get into engineering, maybe you can kind of pass this along as something that they might want to look at, uh, to, uh, Um, to kind of give them a little bit of background uh, that they can spend a half an hour and and, and listen to uh, some of the explanations that that we have. And maybe can kind of, you know, give them an idea of, okay, maybe this is something I want to go into or maybe it's something I don't want to go into, but just just to be educated and make the right choice. Uh, So pass it along to them. If you know somebody else who is uh, uh, consulting, um, you know, you know, consulting youth, uh, pass that, pass this along to them as well. Just forward them a link or, you know, tell them to look it up on iTunes. However you're finding this uh, is fine with me. I'd appreciate that. All right. Uh, if you want to get a hold of me, you can get me on, uh, you can either send me an email directly, matt at buildingx.co, or you can uh, follow my Twitter stream at buildingx. Uh, and lastly, uh you can find me on LinkedIn. So just, just look for me uh, on LinkedIn and uh, uh, you know, shoot me a contact, and I'd be uh, glad to uh, connect with you. So I guess that's pretty much all for this week. You take care, stay safe, and remember, know what you build and share what you know. <laughs>